At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious lolly Focus Pops or lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. At Baker's, no matter where you order free pickup, you get the same great deals as you'd get in store. So you can save when you order during band practice or at the dog park or wherever. Start your cart with the Baker's app and save from wherever today. Baker's, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum restrictions may apply. Subject to availability. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Hello, and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show, featuring Jason Zook. In uncertain times, we must change our focus and priorities. This show will highlight social justice issues with the goal of expanding minds and increasing unity, love, and mutual respect for ourselves and our planet. We support the Black Lives Matter movement, Our show aspires to promote social spirituality, which simply means that by coming together, we can solve any of our problems, including the goal of bringing an end to all forms of hate, discrimination, bias, or oppression. We must protect our environment, reform our criminal justice system, and protect every citizen from police brutality. When we come together, it becomes possible to bridge the gaps that plague our society and divide us from within. We the people means everyone. Hello and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show. This is Jason Zook. It's a great pleasure that I welcome special guest author Forrest Rivers to the show today. Understandably, COVID-19 has been a harbinger of mass chaos and unspeakable tragedy for many people. However, our guest, Forrest Rivers, an author and inspirational speaker, maintains in his newly released and highly uplifting book, COVID-19 and Humanity's Spiritual Awakening, that if we're able to still our minds and fully be within the immensity of this moment, we can start to see a different narrative emerging, one of hope, personal empowerment, and spiritual awakening. Forrest's uplifting message is one that is desperately needed in these times of great suffering and division. Please welcome Forrest Rivers to the program to discuss its urgent message for humanity. Welcome to the show, Forrest. Hi, Jason. How are you doing? Great. You? great. I'm, I'm excited about us being able to get into this topic today because I feel like we're coming out of a, of a dark place that we were in before. And now that we're starting to reemerge, it's like a renaissance to me. Energetically, when I read people, I feel a lot of people in a, in a place of rebirth. 
and a place of new beginnings. And I feel like that's a strong message. And I think your book touches on the same type of theme that I'm feeling. And I want to ask you, what caused you to write your book? Yeah, absolutely. So um, my main premise is really to just say that this period has tremendous potential to help us become more aware and awake uh, human beings. And uh, when I wrote this book, it was, uh, I started writing it in March of 2020 when we all went on lockdown and we were in the grip of a lot of suffering. Of course, you know, you had people who were getting sick from this new virus, people who know somebody who died from the virus, uh, all the job layoffs that we saw, uh, the anxiety of, of being at home and, and not as connected to our friends and family. You had all these very real uh, uh, exhibits of suffering. And there was a lot of fear and there was a lot of anxiety, understandably, during that time. And so I sat down to write this book to sort of show, to sort of uh, uh, give people a more positive and inspiring perspective with which to look at COVID. So I wanted to say, it seemed like what our media wanted to say is, here's all the suffering and that's the whole story. You know, and what I wanted to say is that's just the start of the story. Here's the suffering. It's very real. It's here. It's profound. It's impactful. And now what do we do with this suffering? What, what are, you know, to heal from how it. do we use this to heal from this, right, Jason, to heal from it and to make us more, um, to really evolve as individuals and as, a, as, a, as, as one human race. So I wrote this really as a way to sort of be a counter to the dominant narrative of fear and anxiety and anger and division and conflict, which are all things that we saw emerging, particularly in the first three or four months of this period. Yeah. It's terrible. So, so I wanted to inspire people. And it's nice to think yeah, of the positive, uplifting nature of what you're proposing or what you're, you know, what we're discussing right now is there's a dark side to the moon, but there's also the light side that we look at all the time that faces us on earth. So let's just take, let's take the yeah. positive from this and let's look at that for a little and let's be happy to focus on those, you know, <laughs> it'll eliminate. Absolutely, Jason. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. And Jason, I would point out that, and I point this out in the book that there were a lot of positives that came out of this despite, and I, and again, I don't want to um, downplay the amount of real suffering that people were going through. That is indisputable. In fact, I couldn't have written this book without starting at the place of suffering. That's, that's the basic premise. But out of this, there were so many interesting things that came out of it for our own spiritual awakening. One, one thing that happened, and, and uh, Jason, I'm sure you're, many of your listeners and many of your viewers can relate to what I'm about to say. One thing that came out of this was a search for meaning. And of course, for any, for any spiritual path, we have to have start with that search for meaning. You know, it seems like, and I'm not saying things are perfect now, but prior to COVID, right, it almost seemed like we were in this like trance of um, complacency and ego and uh, very robotic in our day-to-day -day functioning. Yeah. And I think for the first time in a really long period, we were forced to sit with our thoughts we were at home, we were in lockdown, we were more socially distanced, at least a lot of us were socially distanced, you know, and as that was happening, we had to kind of like 
consider what do we really want to do with our lives? Do I want to be working this job? Do I want to be doing this? Do I want to be doing that? And you're seeing it reflected right now, Jason. It's all over the news now. People are saying, well, we have this job. We have this job shortage. I'm not job shortage, uh, worker shortage. People don't want to return back to what they were doing because they've got a glimpse that, oh my gosh, there's a whole different (laughs) way of, of being right now. And, and honestly, Jason, I, I cite many I examples. So well. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, I think so many people, right, can can relate to that. And I know um, in the book, I cite numerous examples of people who use this period to that I encountered, folks I encountered who wanted to use this to, to delve into a deeper life of meaning. So there's a cool story in there about an AT hiker I met named Noble. That was his trail name. And he, he gave up his office job. He's like 55 years old and was just like, I can't do this anymore. I had all this time to reflect and think to myself and I just want to be out in the woods and I want to, you know, I've always wanted to hike the AT. I'm not getting any younger. I better do this now. I, I talked to two other, I, I have a story in, in the book about two other friends who, who decided to move off the grid. One of my friends from Colorado and his wife and they're doing it in Utah. And, wow. you know, another another story um, of some friends I have who decided that they wanted to uh, really delve into, into gardening. They're friends of mine from Nashville, and they want to devote their life to, to farming. You know, there's stories of this that came out during the pandemic of people who decided that they want to take a more uh, soulful path and live a more live with more purpose. Uh, another thing we saw come out of COVID, and I talk about this in the book, is many of us had to stare down our fear of death, right, Jason? That's it. That's a big one, right? Well, no matter, we couldn't run from it. I mean, it was, and we couldn't just say what? It's something that's happening. We tend to do this a lot. It's happening over there. It's not here, so no big deal. It was in Italy, then it was in India, it's in America, it's in yeah. Spain, it's in Britain. We were all had to come to terms with our fear of death and the mystics of every spiritual faith basically say you can't learn to live life fully until you can start making terms with death, you know? And so that was another, it's kind of an ugly theme or a dark theme, but it doesn't have to be. No, but I'll say this, you know, I remember just from a personal perspective, because I I had cancer in 2018. So my doctor's like, stay home, you know, self-quarantine as much as possible. So here I am in Florida where everything is unrestricted. And, uh, I'm basically in a bubble, but I get to do all my work from home. So I, nothing changed in my life other than me being antisocial. And I call myself the social psychic. So you can imagine what that feels like. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching from the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the, we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. But I grew a lot about myself. I grew a lot inwards, but I remember sitting on the couch watching the numbers and people like don't watch the media. And I'm like, look, I'm in reality right here and I'm not going to depart that reality. So I had two best friends from college. They each lost uh, one, one parent each. I mean, luckily nothing came home to me directly aside from some family members getting COVID. I did not get it. But I remember sitting on the couch and having personal fear of the unknown of what's going to really come. What's what? Where is this going to go? 
it was horrifying to think about. And I prayed about it and meditated on it. I, I found myself inside myself. I grew, I forgave, I let go of, I purged a lot of negativity from the past. And I feel like I'm more enlightened within myself now. And I was spiritual to begin with because of the psychic mediumship work stuff I do. So I don't fear death because I, mean, I communicate with a few loved ones. And to, and to, to not only that, but to, that's beautiful, but to actually, you yourself having faced it down with cancer. Yes. I mean, that's that, a, I, that's I, a, it, it's kind of crazy. I just kind of like glossed that over, but the reality I meant to say about all that is huge, powerful. It, it, that's it, a, it, it was just like how I developed my aptitude for it. I, I compartmentalize things in my life and I don't look at them as like a normal person would. So I kind of yeah. mentioned that to bring background into it, but I don't bring it up to talk about it the whole time because I was able to overcome it. And it That's was stage one kidney cancer, but it was something I, I lost 55 pounds after that and changed up everything else in my life you could think of. The only thing I didn't change my haircut. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like the, the, the examples you're talking about, I feel like this is kind of like where we were forced to leave our comfort zone. And yes. when you're forced to leave your comfort zone, you know where you wind up. There's no limits. There are so many amazing things you can accomplish now. And I think that's what I think the theme of what your, your energy is showing me is that there, it's unlimited capacity. There's so many things we can accomplish in such a unique way because of what we've been through. And here's a, and he absolutely. And here's another example. So besides facing down our fear of death, besides looking for more meaning in our life, more people than ever have been expressing an interest to connect with nature. You know, yeah. we were we were stuck in our homes. And, you know, Jason, I've read this crazy uh, statistic recently. It said uh, uh, the average person spends 97 to 99 percent of their entire life inside, not wow. not outside and not in nature. You know, if you stop and think about that for a second, think about how much connection we're missing, how many lessons we're missing, the sheer wisdom of being out in nature. You don't even have to go far. You can have a garden in your backyard. We're not talking like you don't have to live in the mountains like me or, you know, live on. That must you know, be <laughs> it's, be it's beautiful, but you don't have, you don't need that. You, you, you need to just a simple garden in your backyard does does the trick. You know, you can bring nature into your home. You know, I think a lot of people were exploring that over over this period. And we kind of got to sit back and realize, oh, as we're assessing what means something to us, we realize a relationship with the earth is one of our most profound, if not. I know you're phrased that our most profound spiritual connection because we are of it. We, we come from it. We are of it, you know, and there was a recognition of that. Uh, I talked about in the book, how this period made us have more gratitude, right. In our lives, you know, it's For funny. Sure. And, and Jason, you just went back and said, you have friends who each lost a parent, right? So <laughs> When something that profound and that sad and tragic happens, suddenly the little things don't start to matter as much. I, you know, I think some of the down. I shut down. I didn't. I didn't do production. I didn't do podcast episodes. I was. I was doing my basic things I had to do for my lawyer job. I do, but I was shut down. Otherwise, I. It was hard to function during those dark periods of time when my friends lost their parents and they were close in time to each other. It's. It's like you know you don't like broadcast it on social media when you shut down, but. It's a way to really put everything in perspective. And even though I don't fear death because I communicate with the other side through whatever way it happens, I don't, I don't still like, you still got to process the human side. And I feel like the emotional side is really what's the hardest. Absolutely. The emotional toll is taken on every one of us. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. For sure. So 
I, I just see this as a and, I, and the last thing I talk, I talk about a number of things in the book. I also talk about the, uh, cr the create creative outlets. You know, I, I, I compared this period to what we may have seen during the hippie counterculture back in the sixties, <laughs> where you had, where you had, I mean, people forget why was all this art happening because there was a lot of suffering happened and it forced a lot of people to turn inwards and, and start exploring their own spiritual path. You had people getting into uh, Eastern, Eastern mystic religions. You had people getting into Christian mysticism. You had uh, people exploring psychedelics and exploring the outer realms of inner space. You know, all, all of these things happening. And out of that came a huge renaissance. I loved, I loved how you used that earlier on in this, in this, in this interview. It was like a renaissance of like creativity and raw spirit being expressed. And I think we're in, we're in the middle, we're in the start of a renaissance. And when we look like 20 years back, if we, if we can take a, a longer perspective, I think we'll look at COVID as one of the most significant events that shook us out of our sort of um, over-identification with the physical realm. Yeah, the physical realm, you know, we're so much more than just this dimension. And Absolutely. I think- as your show uh, very, very deeply and, and beautifully explores, you know, we're like, and it's far out. It's awesome. It sounds far out, but it's real. It's real. You know, it's real. And I, and I think that this event has put us more in touch with the fact that there's maybe more than this physical plane. People have had a, more people than ever collectively. We've had, to, we've had to consider that as a real possibility that, Hey, maybe this is just, the body isn't all who oh, we are. You're about to, you know, <laughs> I have to share one point. As a yeah. medium, I've learned over the years from readings I've done and the information comes through those readings that I personally believe that our shell is just a shell. We're like avatars, that it's our avatar on this planet and that we're 99.9% .9 made up of energy, which is spirit. It connects us to our loved ones when they cross over. That's why they can communicate to us and leave signs behind like synchronicity and everything else. And that when it comes to the death process, all the death process is, is the spirit is upgrading outside the body and moving on to the spiritual realm. You reconnect, you get the you connect with a greeter when you cross over. You're like loved one that you know predeceased you, greets you on the other side, and you're like literally 100%. you're you're back in union. And but then you get the opportunity of watching everyone left because of the love connection you have with them. It's like the umbilical cord, so it connects us all. And so, they, so it, we're their reality show. Them. So like Jason, so all of that, all of that is 100 truth to me. Like that's something. I always thought it was just common sense that I love what <laughs> the Hindus call. Yeah. Most of, I love what the Hindus say. The Hindus have a cool name for it. They call it dropping it, dropping the body. Yeah. So it when is. you die, you drop the body and you continue on. And and I'm firm, you know. So if you look at this whole process of like that, there's a spiritual plane, and the events on the spiritual plane come to manifest in the physical plane. Yeah. And when and that we take forms. Constantly and constantly, we're we're constantly reincarnating. The spirit is transmigrating. You know synchronicity really well, don't you? Oh, of course, of course. Okay, well, so, I'm gonna I'm gonna show you some synchronicity, real life. You know what this is? Plato. Plato. Ask me why I have Plato in my hand. Because I went to Target on Sunday with one of my friends from college, and we went to Target, and I decided to be a little child and get Plato. But this is example right here. You're talking about our bodies. Here's our bodies. <laughs> It's like Plato. And we go in these bodies. And when our bodies end, 
we move on to the next spot and we leave the Play-Doh or the body behind. I don't know. Some made me show you this with an image. I don't know why, but no, no, I like it. <laughs> I like it. At that I, is, you know. So if we look at so if we look at COVID, right, Jason, from that perspective, the the soul awareness and not the over identification with Absolutely. the body, the whole thing makes perfect sense. Why why it had to happen the way it is, and again, it's not minimizing. I'm not trying to minimize. Not minimize that. No, I get it. Yeah, and all that. But if you think about it then that means this whole thing had a huge purpose. If we're here to, re, to, to incarnate and to go through this process to work out our karma, and, to, and I look at it as the whole point of life is to come to greater awareness of our purpose unity. And unity. Yeah. The purpose, the greater unity of the entire realm of being, call it God, oneness, the transcendent reality, whatever term you're comfortable with, the Tao. You know, our idea is to come to full awareness of our inherent unity with it completely this thing makes COVID makes perfect sense then it, it happened as a way to force us out of that ego consciousness we've been so overly identified with our physical realm and we've been so identified uh, overly identified with our worldly possessions and things and you know and all these trivial <laughs> all of these trivial pursuits that money power fame you know that that don't really have any bearing on our soul lives, who we really—it doesn't. Are. It doesn't go with us. It stays here. It doesn't go with us. It goes. It, it can't. So, That's why you got to nourish your inner child and do self-care and and develop those relationships with others in your lives and make things meaningful. Yes. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and six one since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well. That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. All the things I know, you already know that, but I'm just saying for our audience, if there's people there thinking while we're talking, they're probably saying the same thing within themselves. They're not like just listening to us talk. They're probably participating in this conversation wherever they are listening to us because the topic eviscerates so much emotion on either way you look at it, I'm not even talking about the disparity between people who think it's a hoax and a conspiracy theory and then all those Social. other things. I mean, that's a whole other planet. We're just talking about the reality of where we're living right now, the times we're up against and what we're what we're doing. Yeah, what we're doing, the 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 the, the petty conflicts that we had, like you mentioned, Jason, they don't matter. They don't matter. In the in the grand scheme of things, in the in the level of soul awareness that you and I are talking about, it does not matter. Racism did not exist when it comes to soul purpose. Like we're all no. the same soul. We're all the same spirit. Our bodies don't matter. It's like the color paint on a car. Are you going to judge someone because they drive a blue car? No. Why would you it's judge someone by the, the color of their skin? I think it's ridiculous. It's ignorance it's ridiculous. to the extreme. It needs to be handled. This time, this time you're this time you're white. Last time you were black. Next exactly. Time you might be native. Next time you might be you know whatever. You know, but if we take it, if we approach it from that plane, I mean we've got to be able to see that this period has real potential to unite us. Amazingly. We, amazingly, if we just don't get lost in all of this division and a time to empower us and to get over our own fear. I think there's a lot, there's a lot of lessons that we could take from this. And my question, I guess to you and to everybody else is how do we keep that level of awareness that people were feeling during the last year how do we cultivate that as we start returning to a new normal? You know, you know that's, that's a, a that's great a question. question. 
I'll say this, my opinion on that is I think we have to take what we've learned and not lose sight of it, not put it in the rearview mirror and not put it on the shelf. You got to practice what you've learned from now, the awareness of who you are in your life and what your purpose is and what your goals are and whatever it is. I'll give one example. I've, I've celebrated the fact that I haven't been around toxic people in my life that were previously there. And now I've got a distance, right? And now people are coming back trying to reach out. And I'm like, I don't think I'm going to respond. <laughs> I think I'm going to wait. But you know what? That's my choice. And it's not a negative choice. It's just, I want to simplify my life right now. I don't need the negativity from anyone else's toxicity. Um, that's an incredibly empowering decision. And that's, I was just going to say that one, one thing that every, like that example of not surrounding yourself with toxic people, uh, you know, that that's something that we can all do. You know, we can absolutely. all take little, we can take little things that we learned from this pandemic and just, they don't have to be even huge. They don't have to be even huge things. It could just be mm -hmm. like, Hey, I, I remember that time, you know, last year when I felt really disconnected Hey, next time I'm in the grocery store and I see an elderly person that looks lonely or help them, I see an elder, you know, go, I'll go say hi to them. Or if they need their help with their groceries, like go, go help them. You know, it could be little things like that, or it could be even bigger things like deciding not to surround yourself with toxic people or, you know, deciding you're going to get involved with volunteering or, you know, something, but I think there's giving people for everybody forgiving people. It's such a, it, that's something that if we all exercised it and went to the gym and, and practiced forgiving and letting go and purging the negativity, like I really do think that could heal a lot of our anxieties within ourselves. And I think it really help us live a better quality in our existence with each other. And it would help a lot of things, right? I couldn't agree more. Absolutely. I mean, I feel lighter now than ever before. Now I lose 55 pounds, but I forgave like five people in my life in my past. They don't know it, but I did it anyway, spiritually. But I let go and it, and, it, and it invigorates you. It gives you so much strength like to, to, to welcome new energy in its place, new people, new beginnings, new relationships. Well, and, I, and, I, and I love what you just said just now and then earlier in this podcast was the letting, letting go. And then you even use the term rebirth. And I think one of the biggest points in my book is to say, this is a real period to become aware of our interconnection, become aware of our search for meaning, to become aware of our fear of death, to become aware of our inherent, that inner child, that creativity that lies within us. And, you know, and out of all of this, it could be our rebirth. I think this really could be a rebirth for so many people, but we need to just, there needs to be a lot of us out there promoting that message because the message that's dominant still right now is one of sort of like nihilism, you know, mm -hmm. and, Eh, when's when's the next pandemic and how much longer till humanity self-destructs no 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 <laughs> no, no, no no the variants are going to be out there the and then you've got new ones yeah, i mean it is what it is but it's we like gotta, we gotta we gotta we gotta get a counter out there right jason of a more positive positive message positive message that hey starting with this show and your book <laughs> you're, exactly here we are you know and that's and i think we're doing it and that's and that's and that's really why i wrote this thing to to say, hey, look, there's some very positive things that still came out of this. And, you know, and, and I would point this out too. Uh, you need dark periods to be able to appreciate the light periods and to be able to appreciate more uh, transcendent moments. I mean, like you, you can't appreciate. And then that's a big point I make too, is we have to stop thinking in terms of duality. We can't get too attached to our lows, too attached to our highs, you know, 
you need darkness for light. You need light for darkness. You can't appreciate summer without winter. You know, this idea of non-duality, you know, and you got to have the one to get through to the other and, and to continue to grow. I mean, we only grow from when we are challenged. We challenge ourselves, we challenge each other or something externally challenges us. And you could say that COVID externally challenged society, humanity, the planet individually on a micro level, a a minuscule level within ourselves. It went to the core of everything and everything. If you really think about it, I I feel it went deep to the core of who we are within ourselves. And it went deep to society's core. And even though there were divisions created and negativity created, it also brought out a renaissance of rebirth, the beauty of what our unlimited potential can be. 100%, 100%. And I would go even a step, not even term, not even further, just I would add to that and just say this, maybe, maybe, maybe when we look back at this, we'll look back at COVID as one of our spiritual teachers, which is a really weird, I know it's a really weird concept to even think about, well, how could a virus be your spiritual teacher? It's but, part of nature. You know, that's the crazy really, part. You know, it, these things exist in nature. That's one thing I want to bring up. The one thing negative, not negative, but the one fear I had was how COVID could take your life so quickly compared to other diseases or other illnesses or other conditions. Right. I mean, all of a sudden during this pandemic, people were dying within two weeks, sometimes even sooner. And I was like, whoa. And that's the part that was heavy. It's like an anchor. Right. But then you get to the bright side of things and you say, OK, so from all the negativity we've all shared collectively, now we also have deepness. We can, yes. we can understand compassion and empathy better because we've been through some amazingly difficult and isolating and horrifying times. I mean, the word horrifying rips through me because I'm also thinking social justice stuff too, not just the virus, but we also live oh, in a society right. where we have all that other stuff that happened. We don't have to get into the deepness of it, but just to say that that's a flip side of it, a societal aspect of it because of our society being as divided as it's been for as long as it's been, we're having violence, we're having you know social un- unrest and Racism, all these things we earlier touched on, I think, I, I feel like COVID shed light on a lot of that. It brought like a bright light into a dark space and made us force facing our ugliest sides of ourselves and trying to, you know, grasp what is going on in our reality because of that. Yeah, we had a face down, like you just said, we had a face down a lot. We we had that election, we a, a toxic election. We had a, you know, without getting too in the depth. You know, we had a, uh, we had a, yeah, like you said, major protests for the, you know, uh, you know, in Minnesota, actually in all the cities across the country and across the world, you know, we had, you know, just a lot of, we, we had a, we had a reckon with what we've been doing to the earth. Mm. We had a reckon with the, the really yeah. kind of dark, the dark underbelly of our modern capitalist system. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of like dark things that came to light. But like you said, it exposed it for us. And the only way we start moving forward is by addressing it, is addressing it. And we can acknowledging it, acknowledging it. It's there. There it is. Now what? Now we can start moving in a a more positive direction towards a higher consciousness. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that that's something that's going to help shape the defining next decade or two of our lives is between the social stuff getting handled with the other aspects of lives and and then everything with our, with our spiritual awakening, I believe that's definitely an accurate depiction of where we're we're headed and where we are. Absolutely. For sure. Without hesitation. I'm looking at your book and one of your titles for chapter 12, I really liked, and I want to ask you this. If the earth could speak, what do you believe it would say and why? (laughs) 
Yeah. So, uh, so I had a chapter and yeah, it was, it was basically about if the earth could speak and you know, what I was basically saying is. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. If the, if the Earth could speak, she would say, and this was during the pandemic when I wrote this, that, hello, you know, I'm here. Not only am I here, but I'm important. You, you can't exist without me. In fact, you are me. There's no separateness. So the idea that you can conquer me is absolutely absurd notion. And now that your cars aren't running all the time, and now that you're confined in your homes, I hope you take a second to realize how, uh, how important I am you can you can see the mountains for the first time if you're in India. You can see you know in the in the cities. You can see you don't need to go out in smog. I mean, you don't have to go out in masks with all the smog in L.A. You know you you know. I hope you're starting to realize that 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 you are a part of me and that what you're doing to me is poisonous and toxic. And you know, I think I think if the Earth could speak, she'd say something along those lines that. How do you not? How do you not acknowledge me as the as sustaining your emotional, physical, and spiritual being? And I think COVID again may have brought us more awareness about our relationship to the Earth. It, wasn't that interesting that in the most in one of the most darkest, fear-ridden times, we we're causing the less, the least amount of harm to the earth. Industry more or less stopped around the world for at least a six month period there. It's true. I mean, think about, think about how profound that was, right, Jason? We, for the first time, the earth could breathe. And for the first time, we could actually be in tune with, with, with her vibrations, with her awareness. We could actually see like the damage that we've been causing. What, a, what, a, what an interesting time. It was almost like we had some kind of like reset and I don't mean it in, I don't use the term reset. Time out. How about time out? We got a chance yeah. to take a hit time out and see what would happen if everything stopped for six months. Yeah. Yeah. And guess for what? For the earth, for the earth itself. It's the re- earth ability itself. to replenish itself in just a shorter period of time when we're not, you know, destroying it through our human activity. Maybe we should do this. Hopefully it doesn't take another pandemic, but maybe we should have six month resets every four or five years where we just stop industry, you know? Well, and, and I'm being, I'm being, I was going to say, you know, we have a side of our country that's so anti-environmental that <laughs> trying to get a, a minute of that again would be a big moment of silence challenge. Like, I just, it, it's, it's, I don't, I don't know. I'm just of a different caliber. I, I, you know, I believe we definitely need to take this environmental stuff and, and up it a lot and, and do a lot more. So I much. Mean, if we don't, if we don't, if we don't foster some semblance of an eco consciousness, if we don't have any awareness of our relationship to the earth, who I would argue is our most sacred, and it's our literal know, home, our sacred. It's our home. It's our home. And it's our, and <laughs> I mean, it's where are you going to go if you destroy our, your home? That's kind of like where are we going? <laughs> she. I mean, that that is that is. I mean, you you. 
it's our home. It's our church. It's our I, de- deepest. It, what do you do with this? It's like, how could people not agree, no matter who you are, where you live, or what you are, that this is something we have to take care of now? It's not. It's not a necessity for tomorrow or next week. This is like a five-star fire going on, a five-alarm fire going on. You're sitting on your couch watching the newscast <laughs> and texting people on your phone going, I'll figure it out later. Like, no, you're going to about to burn and gulf yourself in destruction. Let's <laughs> yeah. pay attention to yeah. this fact and let's not imagine that we're in some other reality. We're in this one with this plan. Yep. Yep. That's how I feel. Like that, that line three pipeline that I've been watching about where they're protesting that out west in Minnesota, I should say. Um, that concerns me. Like we, you know, these native plants, uh, native lands and stuff that are being uh, upon destroyed. Uh, we've got to have greater respect for Mother Earth. We've got to have greater respect for our treaties with our Native American indigenous tribes. And we've got to respect nature. You can't yes. destroy nature. We've had too many Exxon Valdez or Gulf oil spill. We can't afford I, that. I think I, out of everything that we could have learned, Jason, from the last year, that that's what sticks with people the most out of anything is this idea of the absolute necessity to begin addressing the way we're, we're treating the earth. And I hope that that's the number one thing that we take away from this, because I mean, to destroy nature is to destroy ourselves. Simply. It's like cutting your arm off. <laughs> For what purpose? Cutting your head off. What are you going to do like next? No, it's, yeah. it's nihilistic. Yeah. It's, it's, it's ineffective in, in every layer. And I'm glad that you wrote your book because I feel like it could shed light on a paradigm shift. That's what you're identifying. You're literally bringing the call uh, of, 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 of embracing a new paradigm, taking off the old glasses, putting on the nice new ones that are fitting real nice on you. You can enjoy yourself in the mirror looking at them, but it's a new way of looking at things. And I feel like it's you know a necessity. What I, what I would call it, in, it's not only a necessity, but it's like what I would describe it as it's, 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 it's beyond a necessity. It's just, a part of our next phase of evolution, you know, and, and it just so happens that we're both sitting here, Jason, and we're both addressing it. It's a spiritual evolution, you know, and it's funny because I bet you when historians look down the road, it's going to be interesting, right? 30, 40 years. What will they call this period? You and I would call it like an inner revolution or a mm-hmm. consciousness revolution, but it's very interesting. What would historians call this paradigm shift? I have no idea. But we both know, and I think all your viewers and listeners know, that you know, COVID was maybe the latest. It didn't start with COVID, this inner revolution or this shift in consciousness. It started far earlier. But this, this is just one of those events that's pushing it along. And I bet you there'll be more to come. Oh, yeah. COVID won't sure. be the last major event. It may not be a pandemic. It may be, I mean, climate change should be enough of one of those events, if we're being honest, that should push us in that direction too. Something in international relations always scares me that we're going to have some repeat of history, have another type of conflict or something, which I pray we don't. But you know, hope not. we're not in a vacuum. Just like the Earth is our home, our society, and humanity, and all the things that plague us as humanity, it, it rears its ugly head, and we've got to fight the same battles over and over and over and over. It seems like so. It's like. If I was an alien or, or an, 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 you know, another life form, and I was like circling the planet in my, you know, far advanced technology, I wouldn't land the, the craft. What are you going to do here? We're, we're yeah. killing each other. We, I mean, think about it. We kill each other like so stupid and we kill our planet. <laughs> and we're only after, most of us are only after things for ourselves. There's no empathy. There's at least hopefully with this whole new thing that we've got going on. 
there's more awareness, empathy, and caring and compassion. But well, and I want to and I wanted to take the time to say that, like, yeah, the first of all, it would make no sense for right? an alien to land land here. And it would make absolutely no sense because we're already destroying ourselves and the planet, like you said. But if I want to give a positive thing to your viewers and listeners, the fact that we're doing this, right? You have this show and you have, you know, countless thousands of listeners and, and, and viewers tuning in. It shows, right, that there's an interest in a new paradigm shift, that there's an interest absolutely. in inner revolution. 100%. That's what, and that's what gives me hope is, you know, right now it may be what, one or 2% of the population, I don't know what it is, that, that are taking an interest in this. In 10 years, it might be 5% and 10%. You just got to keep, you just got to keep building numbers. And, and when you consider that time and space from that soul perspective, we've been talking about Jason, time and space, this- Irrelevant, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And one- Time doesn't one, exist on the other year, side. It's a human con- creation. It's a, it's a human construct where it's not, a, we're not in some kind of race then. We will continue to evolve because we have to, because it's part of our karmic unfolding. I agree with you. Think of it this way. A hundred years ago, plus there were spiritualist communities in the United States and around the world that dealt with these topics of new agey kind of stuff. And that stuff's been around. Edgar Casey was like the 1920s and thirties, you know, different psychics, Nostradamus, the 1500s. So prophets, you know, those things, but think about this way. When you think about what we're talking about here, like your book and the, and the concept that we, we embrace basically, because we talk about these different things. I feel like that's kind of coming on its own now. Modern logic tied into the traditionalist principles and concepts interwoven into this new movement, I guess you'd say a renaissance for spirituality. Yeah, I really love that term. You know, I, I think that's maybe the best term is a renaissance. It is. I think that's I mean, what it, we're it, seeing. It's, it's it's not, it's not, it, yeah, it's not, it's not like we've never seen this before. You know, maybe a renaissance might be even different than a revolution. A renaissance mm-hmm. is saying that we're, we're returning where it's a renaissance suggests that there's like a cycle where yeah. we shift between, yeah, it's like more of a cycle. And now we're merging back into a cycle of light and awareness. I mean, e- even the Hindus believe that there's a, uh, there's a, there's a cycle of, of things. They have four cycles, roughly equate, you know, there's a dark period. And then, you know, you come out of the Kali Luga, the, the dark period, and you have a light period of awareness and then you start to gradually lose those spiritual principles again. Then you enter another dark period. Then you come out in light. And that could just be the cycle of the universe, you know? And, and right now we're seeing, we're, we're, you know, we've gone through a pretty dark period. We've, we're, you know, you could argue maybe we're hitting rock bottom in our consciousness. And the only way we can go is now a leap, a leap in our, uh, our evolution. You know, you say that, and I have to just say this. We also have ice ages that could reemerge. We've got... Like, I mean, you think of, I mean, when you think of the pandemic, it was horrific and it was chaotic, but when you think about what our planet could really do to us or what could happen, I mean, with catastrophes and all these other crazy things, an an asteroid or something, an asteroid, I mean, crazy, just like the, I don't know what the release of this UFO stuff is going to be like with the department of defense and how that's going to work with government stuff. But I feel like that's something that might be interesting coming up in the next few weeks that we're going to hear about some revelations that they are actually acknowledging in government reports. You know, if they do a government report, they're not able to do a government report unless the facts are substantiated and investigated properly by federal resources. So anytime you see a government official speaking in front of a microphone about UFOs and they're doing it without, you know, laughing or running away, there's some levity to that. So I think there might be yeah. some paradigm shifts going on there too. That would be one, one of that, Can you imagine how profound that would be <laughs> to find out that we, we, you and I probably both already know this and your listeners and viewers do, but imagine if like we found out, I mean, I, I think it's, 
absurd not to think that there's not other life out there and that they haven't, you know, visited out here. But that's, I mean, just the ch the sheer chances in this universe. But imagine if we were to find out that there was a, uh, you know, that there were other life intelligent lives. Yeah, and then not only was there other intelligent life, but more they had actually visited here, and yeah. they're more evolved, and they're not only technologically but spiritually as well. Like, what is, you know, that that would be a, you know, a Titanic lead to a Titanic shift in our evolution. So you're absolutely right, Jason. COVID may just be the tip of the iceberg in terms of consciousness altering events. Yesterday was COVID. You know, tomorrow it might be finding out we're not alone in the universe. You know, that would be. Uh, Who's to say, right? But how's that going to shape everything that's going on in our current climate? <laughs> oh man! I mean, how does that how does that change the stroke of racism at that point when you start realizing that we're all one race, and then you see there's other alien life forms? I would think that that would change some minds at that point. Hopefully, <laughs> maybe not. I don't know. We seem to hope, repeat. I would hope so. Nations wouldn't matter anymore. Race wouldn't matter anymore ethnicity wouldn't matter anymore we'd be like there's humans and then there's 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 another whole alien species but <laughs> right now you're right now your listeners and viewers are going man how do we get to how do we get to talking but about aliens and here's the thing i gotta share with you though we're actually in normal parameters right now talking about all this stuff that's the I, I know, aspect of how how amazing things have changed in paradigm shifts Two years ago, I would never, you don't hear people mutter the word alien and be taken seriously. And now you got government people doing it and we could discuss it. And the reality is it's not that far off from reality. We're on the cusp of big paradigm shifts beyond what, even what you've, you know, what we've touched on today. There's going to be other stuff. What about artificial intelligence? What about our technological improvements? And what about that? And there's so many things that we could embellish on, but it's a lot. Oh gosh, absolutely. Absolutely. How about giving credit to, to medicine and science for creating the the vaccines that got us out of the pandemic in part are helping. And I know people are critical of vaccines, but I'm not. I'm very happy that I got vaccinated. I'm grateful. Sure. And that it's it's at least helping with what we're dealing with, where it was before just taking countless lives. Like we're finally starting to take control of the situation. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And there's a lot of those things that we can look at that came out of this that we can look at and be like, that's, you know, it's pretty amazing. And there's some things to be grateful for. And, and I really do believe that, that, that this event will, will end up shifting. I want to ask you this. Yeah. Looking at your personal experience with COVID-19 and everything, the pandemic, and you were able to write your book. What's the most transformative thing that you went through that you've never shared with anyone before? personally for yourself? So I would say during this entire, hmm, that's a really good question. You know, I've given all these interviews on these podcasts and radio shows and no one's <laughs> asked me that question. That is an awesome question. So what's the most transformative thing that I've, that I've gone through during this, you know, Going something simple that everybody can probably relate to, going going having to address my own fear, going to the grocery store. That's not something that should be uh, fear inducing. And I remember at the very beginning of the pandemic, going down to the grocery store and feeling and just being filled with fear all the time. This was in the very beginning, like you know, mm -hmm. April, May, June. Oh yeah. And wondering if I was going to bring home COVID, you know, like every single time I wondered about that. 
and for me, you know, I, I, as everybody else had a face down too, you know, it was like, you know, where's this fear coming from? How do I address this fear? And that's part of the reason I wrote this book too. It was kind of therapeutic. It was kind of therapeutic. Therapy, therapeutic. Yeah, so that was pretty transformative. And then I'd also say, uh, uh, this is going to sound really weird, but uh, uh, hearing my sister, she works in the ER, telling me about all of the deaths that people had suffered. She, she was seeing up to 150, 200 cases a day at one point in California when she was working in the ER. She's an ER doctor and hearing her tell me all of the different ways that people were dying, horrific ways, uh, particularly early on when, when they were putting people on the, um, on the ventilators. Mm -hmm. And I remember one time her just telling me the stories and I remember just like, you know, having like tears in my eyes and sort of breaking down, hearing her tell me these horrific stories of watching numerous people die left and right. And, um, that had a transformative impact on me too. I think that may have contributed to writing this book as well. The, the thought that, you know, oh, well, I guess this is real and this is how it is now. And this is where we're at. And, and those were, were, those were definitely some transformative periods. Um, and then, yeah, I think those were the two big ones, you know, the, the, just something simple like the fear at the grocery store it's huge, and though. then hearing, and then hearing my sister's firsthand accounts of people dying of COVID. And, and I knew a lot of people, by the way, who got COVID, uh, but I don't know, I, I didn't know anyone personally who died of it. So to hear my sister's uh, accounts was pretty- It goes to the core. Uh, you know, I think you answered yeah. that amazingly, by the way, thank you. <laughs> I. Uh, oh yeah, no, good question. And you raised a really great point. I mean, I think it's the human experience, our individual human experience. We all have an individual recollection of what happened based on our own experience with it, right? So your book is a great example of our ability to share collectively our individual experiences and kind of look at it in a way from a, a macro level, but then also a, a individual level as well. It's kind of like a mirror. If you think about it, for the soul to look into it itself is. and share your own individual experience with it, reflect back on it and kind of get awoke by that spiritually or understand our, our, our bigger picture. That's my interpretation. You'll be really cool as you were just saying that, uh, Jason, and I, I, is to go around and maybe, maybe I'll do this. I don't know, or some of your viewers or listeners can do this, is to go around and, 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 you know, once this thing's fully passed, let's say six months from now, start collecting from, from random samples of people their recollections and how they feel they grew the most from this, you know, have them share a story or two, like the question you just asked me, what was one of your more memorable, maybe memorable is not the right word. I like what you said, tra transformative moments you had during this pandemic. And what was, uh, you know, something you feel like you really learned when you came away? I mean, can you, I, I would love to hear those responses and you're right. It's a mirror because I bet like every response you would hear, you would be yeah, look, looking into a mirror on yourself. You're like, well, that's how I felt too. Like when I said that you had fear at the grocery store, I saw you kind of perk up and you're like, totally relate. I totally relate. I remember ordering my food for certain periods of time because I just didn't <laughs> yeah. want to leave the house. And I felt fear kept me home, you know? But fear also shaped my mind to improve my internal stuff so yeah. that I could move forward with whatever is coming now. 
So I feel like they're absolutely. It, it made you realize that, hey, um, you know, I for all I know, I could die tomorrow. And, yeah. you know, am I really doing the kind of work on myself that I would be knowing that I have so on and so long to live? And I'll just say this. You did bring up the one point. I had cancer the year before, so I had to face death then for three months. And then I had that handled. And then a year later was COVID. It was like, okay. That's <laughs> so a lot what I, I guess most of us were dealing with in the pandemic, I kind of had a head start with that. And then I had to do it again. But I think everyone kind of faced their own mortality is what I'm trying to say. Like that's a reality. That was the reality. That was the reality. And I, and I, and I think we'll be better because of that. I think. I agree with you hundred percent. Especially because our society, we've always run from death. You know, it's something that we don't even really want to, it, it's, it's kind of shunned away. You know, it's hidden away. <laughs> I agree with you. We're already coming to the latter part of the interview. I can't believe how fast this goes. It's like when we talk about these type of topics and you're, we can be so passionate about it, time just, the human construct of time, it loses it. We, we're, we're already at the end of the show. It's like crazy. I want to ask you this though, because uh, I can ask a few more questions. One of them would be, if you were to share with our audience from your personal perspective and reflecting on your book, what would you say to someone who's interested in picking up your book to read it uh, that they should look for in terms of a, a message that you would really want them to take with them after they read the book? Absolutely. Uh, the major message I would want your listeners and viewers to take from this book is that in seemingly, in, in, in even the most seemingly negative or dark periods, there's always a silver lining. And that no matter how dark things get in your life, there's always, always, always the possibility. In fact, the inevitability of light at the end of the tunnel. And that I hope that what they take away from this is this feeling of inspiration that you always have the ability to empower yourself, to transcend your fears and to transcend the darkness. That is, that is always possible. And that's always within your grasp to make that choice. And I hope that people take that message to heart from this book that, out of the darkness comes the light and not to lose faith and to remain inspired that you can still take control of your life and evolve. That's so poetic sounding, but absolutely accurate. And I feel like I, I connect exactly with how you phrase that. I, I think it's extremely relatable. The light at the end of the tunnel, that's something I personally have on my fridge. My mom <laughs> got that out of the magazine 20 something years ago and then she gave it to me during COVID so I could know it and look on my fridge and know that the light's at the end of the tunnel. So it's kind of interesting that you you share that. I was going to go pick up the what a beautiful! Oh, it's a beautiful synchronicity. What a beautiful like metaphor to light at the end of the tunnel. I mean, it sounds cliche, but and that's like, literally the, 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 the nexus point or, or like the confluence of life and death and the passing into a new realm. And It is. I, it's, it's very uh, symb symbolic on a deeper level. Symbolic, possible, it, right? So why not, why not apply it here? to our own like rebirth in the here and now. So. I, I use the cocoon example when I talk about the last year of my life. I was talking to, a, to an old friend and I was bringing up something from June of 2019 that I was like, oh, that was last year. And they're like, no, that's two years ago. And I'm like, oh my God, it is two years ago. <laughs> it's like it's like being in the cocoon for a year and then you come out and you emerge as something else, like, you know, from the caterpillar to the butterfly. We all spiritually emerge into spiritual butterflies and that can maybe be a sequel to your book someday. <laughs> you know, oh, 
<laughs> That's beautiful. Looking at yourself, first off, how can our readers find you? So you can find the, uh, well, so you can find me on my website at forestrivers.com, just F-O-R-R-E-S-T rivers.com. And that's my pen name uh, and speaker name, stage name. And you can find me there. And uh, I have a little blog on there and you have, I have a contact sheet, uh, contact section. You can write me. Uh, and the book is available, COVID-19 in Humanity Spiritual Awakening. It's available on Amazon and it's also available on Barnes and Noble and uh, in Kindle and paperback editions. And you can also find it if you, uh, through my independent publisher, Conscious Living Media. Uh, so Amazon, Barnes and Noble, or Conscious Living Media. You know, uh, you could check me out on Facebook. Um, I'm always, you know, can have a conversation there too. So hope you reach out and to me. So, yeah. Excellent. Forrest, if you could be a spirit animal, which spirit animal would you be and why? Hmm. <laughs> That is, again, a question I have not been asked. But it's a you want me to go first? One. I ask it at the end of most yeah, of my show. Yeah, you can go first. I have two parrots, and I live alone. So my parrots were my lifeline during the pandemic. They kept me social and talking when I wasn't on the phone with friends or Zooming, right? Zoom calling. But I always go by spirit animal for an owl because I believe in that wisdom is important to me and the 360 ability of seeing everything and not just being limited in scope of things. And I also feel like the wisdom, the quest for wisdom, that's like my thirst with my show and just in general and spiritual Ooh. wisdom and physical, you know, it's, it's all different realms. Oh, I love it. I love that response. I guess I would say because of my, like, I've had some very beautiful experiences with them in the past, especially on top of mountains where it's my favorite place to be. I feel most at home on top of a mountain um, would be an eagle. Uh, eagle. Beautiful. With in the in the in the eagle, of course, is just divine messenger. You know, it's in in many native traditions. It's a it's literally the you're literally communicating with the divine, and it has that all encompassing perspective. It's beyond past, present, future. It's it has the whole birds, the whole eagle's eye view. Uh, it's just pure wisdom and awareness. So I guess I would choose to be an eagle. I love that. <laughs> I, uh, I want to thank you for coming on the show. I have really enjoyed this, this interview. I don't even call it an interview. I call it a conversation and an exchange of amazing ideas <laughs> yeah. and perspectives, really. But I really appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. It was tremendous. It was, it, I really do love it. I'm, uh, hey, when, and, when, and, when the, and when the aliens do make first contact with us, we'll be sure to have another conversation on all this. I would love to welcome you back on anything you want to come back and talk about. And I just, I really do think I really enjoyed our, our dialogue because you offered a very unique and keen insight of a lot of things I already, you know, connect with. And then you can express it in such a way that I feel like our audience can relate to it. So cool. that's powerful. Messages are powerful sometimes and having the ability to express that message concisely, but also in a way that others can pick up on it. And that's why we're here. So. Well, hey, you uh, say this final thing, your viewers and listeners are very lucky and fortunate to have you. <laughs> Thank uh, you. you know, you're very unique and the the show is awesome. So keep, <laughs> Thank it, you keep, so much. keep it keep keep it up. I just want to thank Forrest Rivers for coming on the show today and sharing his knowledge and insight and perspective with us. COVID-19 and humanity's spiritual awakening is now available 
check this out. This isn't just something you read. This is something you really digest and think about and reflect on. And I highly recommend it. Not only can you tell from our interview today, just a, a broad perspective and gain understanding of many things, but I, from my own perspective, at least believe a lot in positive thinking. And if you think of our perspective that the light was at the end of the tunnel and that we're into a new rebirth and a new renaissance and amazing things are about to come, uh, that we're not going to get hit by a train and that we can stay positive. Positive thinking can do so many things for the human soul, the spirit, and the mind. And we're all mind, body, spirit. So stay positive, pick up this book, check it out, and keep an open mind because we're, we're, we're through so many things already and we got so many amazing things ahead. So stay positive. When you stay positive, anything's possible. Check out Forrest's website, forestrivers.com. And uh, until next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Social Psychic Radio Show. Don't forget to join us for another episode next time. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give us a review on iTunes. You can also check us out on Facebook. And don't forget to visit the Social Psychic YouTube channel. Until next time, it's a big world out there. Keep an open mind, embrace your paradigms, and know that the universe is always yours to explore. At Baker's, no matter where you order free pickup, you get the same great deals as you'd get in store. So you can save when you order during band practice or at the dog park or wherever. Start your cart with the Baker's app and save from wherever today. Baker's, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum. Restrictions may apply. Subject to availability. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Hey guys, it's Miriam Love here. And I want to share something very special with you. Check out my new release, All In, the Spanish remixes, out now on Electric Cast Records. And always remember, be love, share love, all love. Available now wherever you listen to music. Welcome to Ringside with Ray and Prince. My name is Ray Leonard Jr. No, that's just my dad. My name is Prince Daniels Jr. Daniels again with a big home. On this show, we come to humanize athletes, entertainers, business executives. We're going to see what makes them tick. Tuesdays, 10 a.m. Pacific time on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you there. Peace and power. Electric acid.